many eons ago according to greek mythology prometheus stole fire from the gods and gave it to man in punishment he was chained up in the mountains to be forever eaten by an eagle the prometheus of today's story isn't quite as old as an eon but it came into being long before that name was put to paper Hello and welcome to Podcast Wild. I'm your host, MK, and we'll cover just about anything to do with outdoor sciences. Today's episode is called The Death of Prometheus. It's about the death of what was the oldest known organism, a bristlecone pine. But before we discuss its tragic end, we need to understand a few things first, like how aging works, what trees do to fight it, how to age a tree, and finally, the death of that ancient. While the science of aging isn't completely understood, the basics are. All living things are composed of at least one cell. Cells are exposed to wear and tear, and to continue the existence of their DNA or RNA that they contain, they must replicate themselves. Some cells do this more often than others. For example, your skin cells live for only about two to three weeks, while white blood cells live about a year. So if a person lives to be, say, 80, they've gone through at least 1,387 divisions for each skin cell line. Now that's not including cells created to adapt for a growing body or injury. So that's a copy of a copy of a copy, and so on and so forth. The human genome, or our entire genetic code, is made up of about 3 billion base pairs. These are the matching parts in the twisted rope ladder that is our DNA. While mistakes are rare, about one for every 300 million base pairs, out of 3 billion, that results in about 100 to 200 mutations for each replication. So that's at least 277,333 mutations that occur for a single human skin cell's lineage. Once again, this is not taking into account growth or damage repair. This means that the longer you live, the higher that number gets, and the more likely that a deleterious or bad mutation occurs, like one that prevents the creation of essential proteins. Now DNA has some mechanisms in place to help, like having sections of nonsense code, so if something goes wrong in it, it's in a place that it doesn't matter. One of these sections is the telomere, which caps the end of the chromosome. They work like aglets at the end of your shoelace to protect it. There are about 11,000 base pairs in each telomere of a newborn, 
and they need this length because they get cropped shorter and shorter with each cell division. By the time someone is 85 plus, the telomeres are down to 4,000 base pairs. When these telomeres get too short, they risk unfolding or allowing the chromosome to fuse together. Because of this, a cell may identify telomeres that are too short as damaged and either stop replicating or even destroy themselves. So, as you get older, you get more and more mutations adding up in your body, and the end of your chromosomes start to slowly wear away. Eventually, as this adds up, the organs can't function properly and humans die from old age. Because these problems don't show up until well past reproductive prime, there really is no way for natural selection to push our species into an older age. Trees not only have a different reproductive strategy, but they have measures to combat aging that we humans don't. One is that they have much less moving parts for things to go wrong. We have a heart that beats, lungs that expand and contract, and muscles that curl. Trees are a lot more simple. They only have three organs, the root, the stem, and the leaf. They're also more passive. In fact, they don't even use energy to take up water. They instead rely on water's natural properties. See, water molecules like to stick to each other due to their hydrogen atoms being bonded to each other. This is why water beads up. It's called cohesion. Water doesn't just stick to itself, but other things. That's why water in a beaker gets curved a little. You get that meniscus. This attraction is called adhesion. This means that when water molecules evaporate out of a leaf, holes on the water molecule it's attached to. This goes down the line like a chain link, down into the ground, pulling water into the plant. Most water is transported through the xylem, which if it or other parts of the tree are damaged, the plant can repair or replace them without any trauma. Or, if only a part of the plant can go on living, it can even the whole could not. It's like your arm soldiering on without you. And most importantly, they have stem-like cells called meristematic cells, which are retained after each growth season. Just like stem cells, they are undifferentiated, meaning they have the potential to become different kind of cells that the plants need. With grown humans, we only have adult stem cells, which, unlike meristematic or embryonic cells, can only become one thing. There are three sources of our stem cells during our adult life. Fat cells, bone marrow cells, and blood cells. So the long or the short of it is that plants have less things that can go wrong, have less work to make them weak, an ability to soldier on even when most of them can't, and some healing abilities reminiscent of X-Men's Wolverine. So how do we know how old a tree is? Most of us have heard to count the rings, and that is true. However, there is a little more to it than that. The rings are evidence of tree growth. Barring a harsh year, a tree will grow evidence of which can be seen in the ring. This growth in width is referred to as secondary growth, which only occurs in woody plants, and is due to those meristems that create new growth. The meristems are located in the cork cambium, which is part of the bark, but not the outermost surface. There are actually two stages of growth in this secondary growth. There's the first stage, which produces spring or early wood cells, 
these cells are often larger in diameter than those found in the second stage. The next stage produces summer or late wood cells, and due to their smaller diameter, create a darker ring. These two different types of cells create a visible distinction so that we can count the ring. Both of these spring and summer cells are conduits for water, the xylem I spoke of before. They also work to support the height of the tree. In fact, most of these cells are actually dead. They don't need to be alive. After all, all that water transports itself. Besides, if they're dead, they can't really mutate and pose a risk to the tree as a whole. Now the problem with counting rings as such is that the tree would need to be cut down. So to determine age instead, dendrologists use an increment borer to cut a dowel from the tree. This still allows for the growth increments to be counted and measured. While most trees, given time, can repair these holes, it is important not to bore older trees as they might not be able to recover. In 1964, at the base of the highest peak in New Mexico, a graduate student, a geographer, was studying glaciation. And he found signs of that glaciation, and upon them sat bristlecone pine. Mountain life is not kind to them. At elevations of 5,000 to 10,000 feet, the wind, lack of rain, short growing season, and cold winter had turned them into stumpy and gnarled misers. In fact, conditions are so harsh that they only grow one one-hundredth of an inch, or 0.025 centimeters of girth each year, if they even add a ring of growth at all. These wizened ancients even thrive in alkaline soils. Their wood is dense and filled with resin to keep out insects and infection. Their needles live about 30 years, and they themselves can keep living even if 90% of their bark is gone, as long as there is still a strip to connect the roots to the branches. It isn't uncommon to see partial ghosts in these trees, as the roots only feed the parts directly above them. And so dead is paired with dead and living with living. But this geographer saw beauty in them, for they could help him date the time of the glaciation event. He just needed to look at that secondary growth of the trees to determine the relative age of the geologic event. He had permission from the United States Forest Service to take core samples, and even asked permission to cut down a specific tree. It is lost to time exactly how one of these distorted trees died, the one that mountaineers affectionately called Prometheus. Perhaps this increment bore broke off in the tree, or it was too long, or perhaps the geographer even cut down the tree to get the proper look at the rings. Whatever it was, the tree did not survive. Only after its death was it discovered that the tree was not its guest age of about 4,000 years, but was actually 4,900 years old. To put that into perspective, 
the city of Troy and Athens were just being founded around 5,000 years ago. And the first pyramid wasn't built until 300 years later. The crown of the oldest tree then passed to Methuselah, aged at about 4,847 years. That is, until 2012, when another tree was discovered to be 5,650 years old. And up there somewhere, just below the tree line, may be another, even older, undiscovered ancient. If you are interested in examining this further, I posted a link to my sources on podcastwild.weebly.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-W-I-L-D dot W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. You can also find us on Facebook as Podcast Wild. Thanks for listening. Thanks for learning. We'll talk to you next time on Podcast Wild with Episode 5, The Fault is in Our Faults.